Hey, it's Phil Simon. My new book is out now. It is called The Nine, The Tectonic Forces Reshaping the Workplace. It's my best work to date, and I hope that you'll check it out. Thanks. Yes? I'm not going to make it. Oh, stop talking crazy. No, 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 no. Just do one thing for me. Get Medusa. Conversations about collaboration, episode nine. Doug Laney joins me for a chat about strategy, tools, gamification, virtual conferences, and enterprise tech. We also peer into the future. What do conferences look like in two years? Want the answer? Stay tuned. Let's get it on. Doug, where does this pod find you? Hey, <laughs> Phil. I am uh, three blocks west of Wrigley Field here in uh, in Chicago, in uh, Lake the, the Lakeview neighborhood of Chicago. Fun fact: I was just at Wrigley a couple years ago for the first time, and uh, wow, very very pretty. Hope it was a good day. Yeah, it was a good time. Um, all right, so you're an interesting type of guest to me because there's nothing wrong with the tactical stuff, right? Which tools should you use? But I would think that. You know, working together on a project, whether it's a chapter for a book or a podcast or something, mm-hmm. is a lot different than strategy. So I know you do a lot of strategy work. I mean, you wrote the book on infonomics. Yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit about how the type of work you're doing governs the type of tool that you use? Hmm. Well, um, pretty much like any any con, you know consulting firm, internally we use a number of tools to collaborate. Um, we're using Teams. We use Zoom. Um, we share files and edit files collaboratively over Teams. So uh, we're certainly doing that. When it comes to clients, um, I have some clients where I'm on, have a separate kind of Teams environment for them. Um, some clients prefer to use you know, Google, Google Drive, which is fine. And then in the, uh, the kind of the ideation workshops that I run for, for clients, um, where we're generating ideas on how they can use their data and analytics more innovatively and in and, and higher value ways. Um, I have a structured workshop approach that, that I go through. And usually, you know, on site, we're using somebody's, you know, whiteboard, right? But because we're all remote right now, we've started using a tool called Miro, M-I-R-O, you may be familiar with. Um, it's a, basically a, a big white space. And um, there's certain kinds of widgets that you can put on there. You can send people the link. They can create their own little sticky notes and drag them to different places. And so we create quadrants and tables and um, um, Venn diagrams and things like that, where we'll generally have clients come up with ideas and put them on sticky notes, and then we'll drag them around and then you know organize them. So it's a way that we can be a little bit more collaborative, a little more um, interactive with with clients than you know just a, a, a boring old Zoom call like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, I would think that one of the benefits of Miro, when I messed around with it a little bit, was that yeah. you can get people to collaborate in real time or synchronously, but if yeah. you thought of a good idea two hours later, right, you don't have to break into the room, right, because it's a right. physical door that's closed. So yeah. it might be the type of tool that also people use asynchronously, no? Perhaps, yeah. We haven't done that yet, but um, that, that's actually a good idea. Um I might actually recommend that for the next workshop I'm running here um, next week, where we leave it open for people to to uh, to post ideas to. Yeah, 
Another tool I've used is Smartsheets, um, kind of as an intake form for clients when we're trying to get some background and understand artifacts and understand their business model, or when I've done uh, data and maturity, um, um, data and analytics maturity assessments um, to gather the kind of background and ask the questions that we ask ahead of time. Um, we'll use Smartsheets if you're familiar with that. And that's a, it's a nice tool. It's very much, it's like a collaborative worksheet. Um, and you can set up different kinds of permissions. So it's, it's very much like a Google sheet, but um, with a little bit more functionality. Mm-hmm. Now you spent a million years at Gartner <laughs> and in your new role, you've only been there for a bit. Can you talk a little bit about not necessarily one company being better or worse, but just um, what's the experience been like? Has it been tough to learn new tools or has it been refreshing to be able to introduce new ones? Because you know, Gartner's been around for a long time. And, yeah. you know, like any big company, they have their ways of doing things, some of which may no longer make sense. I haven't really introduced anything new yet, but um, there is something that I, I would like to do. Um, right after I left Gartner, I, we, we started hosting um, Infonomics summits um, on the, the topic of managing and monetizing and measuring you know, your data. And um, I, I didn't want to do another Zoom thing. People are already, you know, burnt out and, um, and, and I remember back when I was with BMC Software during the recession, uh, the 2008 recession, we were going to be holding a, a user conference and uh, people didn't want to travel, budgets were cut and so forth. And what BMC did was they used a, a system from, I think it was from, I think it was from C- Citrix um, and it was an online a virtual conference center where you create your own avatar and you walk around and you go into different conference rooms and, and so forth. And I, I'm not sure what that facility was, but I always remembered it and remembered what a great experience it was. It's kind of like that game um, Second Life, if uh, mm. you ever participated in that. Um, and it wasn't just cute. It, was, it had some you know, kind of collaborative mechanisms that you don't find on Zoom or WebEx or, or elsewhere. Um, and, and so I looked around for that and discovered this, this uh, tool called Verbella, V-I-R-B-E-L-A. And it's basically, one thing they have is an open campus. So it's, a, it's, it's basically, a, it's on an island <laughs> and you enter the island and you, uh, you uh, go to the information booth and you can ask any questions. They always have a host there. You can ask questions. You create your own avatar and you dress up your avatar however you, you, you want to look. Um, and then you can walk around and explore this campus. And there are all sorts of rooms, like large conference rooms, large uh, theaters and, 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 and uh, smaller theaters and conference rooms and one-on-one tables. You can walk around the, the island. You can meet at the cafe. And you can, you, know, hi, you, can, you can jump from one place to the other, or you can walk or, or run. Um, but uh, what we did is we set up a private version of this, this campus um, and just one room, just a just, we just basically went rented one room and we set it up how we wanted with, uh, with um, um, round tables with uh, six chairs at a table, um, three conference screens, and uh, um, you can upload your presentation to the conference screen so people can watch the screen on the screen, which is pretty cool. And then the sponsors set up advertisements around the room. So they had, um, you know, their logos and stuff uh, around the room. You could have uh, multiple people walk up on stage and present at the same time. So we did kind of a, uh, a, a, a panel discussion. Um, and then during breaks, you could walk around and, and speak to people. And it has proximity voice capabilities. So the closer you get with somebody, the louder you hear them, like in a real, you know, in a real conference room. 
Um, so you can walk up to people and introduce yourself and, and talk to them um, and, and hear what they're saying. And, uh, and then you can also set up uh, at conference tables. Um, you can make them private conference tables so you can kind of put a blue circle around them so that nobody outside that conference table can hear what you're talking about. All sorts of really cool features. And then after the event, um, we invited everyone to go off to the beach at the island <laughs> at this conference center. There's a beach. And there are motorboats you can hop in and drive around in the water and see the fireworks and stuff. It's really, uh, it's really quite an immersive, uh, immersive experience. I thought it'd be even cooler if we had, you know, VR goggles. Yeah, I'm intrigued when I use Slack or Teams or Zoom. How you've got emojis, and I know two or three years yeah. ago I thought, oh, it's kind of cheesy. But then I realized that there was actually a point to it, and I made this point mm-hmm. before. Right. So instead of sending an email with OK, you basically right. say thumbs up or you might have seen the eyes looking left as in looking into it. Um, so I can see how some of these yeah. tools without being cheesy can almost incorporate some of these gamey elements because yeah. is- it, it can be seen as a little bit cheesy. But it, it's nice to be able to uh, to walk up to somebody even with your own avatar and you actually shake hands with them. There are different uh, uh, em- I forget what they're called emotes that you can do. You can shake hands, you can bow, you can give a thumbs up, you can raise your hand, you can even do a backflip. There's all sorts of kind of fun stuff you can do. So um, it, it's it, it was it was different. The only the only thing that I didn't like about it was you can't see somebody's actual face. It would mm-hmm. be nice if you could take a screenshot of your your face from different angles and put it on top of your avatar. Um, I'd feel much more comfortable talking to somebody. Um, privately or about, you know, business, um, business topics, if you could actually see their, see their face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So fast forward, say two years, I mm-hmm. personally don't think that physical conferences are going away, but given all the innovations that taking place right now, how do you see conferences in 2022 or 2023? Kind of a hybrid or? All yeah, I've already started to hear of some conferences going hybrid. I don't know exactly know how they're going to execute. There's some uh, Singapore technology conference that's happening next next week. Um, and I saw that they're having a hybrid event. So um, I imagine they're just putting the presentations out on you know Zoom or, or WebEx or whatever. And then also some people can actually put themselves into, into seats. But I think there's probably a, um, probably a better way to enable conference um, people who are attending the conference, both virtually and physically, to be able to interact. Um, and I don't think that they've sorted that out yet. But that would be really neat if you could you could have the same kind of networking and interaction with people, whether they're physically there or whether they're remotely uh, attending. I'm going to ask you to put on your data or your infonomics hat for a second. Let's say that I were a conference organizer and I was, I was thinking, I was thinking about either doing something purely old school in person, purely virtual or hybrid. What would be some of the things that as the guy who wrote the book on quantifying information <laughs> that are really uh, challenging me here? Well, one of the things I like about the virtual conferences, you can share, you can save the chat stream. So not the voice chat, but there's also a text chat and you can save that, that stream. Um, like you can set up conference booths for some of the um, some of the uh, sponsors, right? They can have their own virtual booth. Um, they can have a real booth or a physical booth or a, or a virtual booth, um, and then you can actually record the conversations that are happening, you know, as people um, uh, approach the booth. But, gosh, the future, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what it would look like um, for somebody to be able to be virtually, you know, at an event. Maybe this would involve some kind of robotics where you have robotic um, devices rolling around the conference on your behalf with your, your face on them. I, you know, I think I've seen something like that, but I don't know how it's been deployed or, or received, but um, yeah, uh, that would be great. And, and I think um, 
yeah, there's certainly a lot more data that can be captured from what goes on at, at an event than um, most conference organizers are able to do. Um, I have seen some technologies where um, if you want to set up meetings with people who are uh, at the event, you can look them up, you can schedule and click on them and say, hey, I'd like to meet with you. And if they accept, then you 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 meet, you know, it figures out some location for you to, to meet at and have a 30 minute, you know, coffee or, or whatever. Um, I'd like to see more of that at events. Um, even while I was a Gartner, um, I thought that was something that we, we could have or should have been offering to our, um, our, our, our clients. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, for one, would love to do an in-person conference these days because I, I miss the interactions. But I also think about how someone said, oh, you should have been here 10 minutes ago. Someone was just talking about that. Like, Damn it, yeah. where's that guy? Um, so I can see the benefits of having some sort of hybrid approach. Yeah, being able to rewind, right? You know, I got to uh, I got to this meeting late or this this presentation late. Um, I could strap on, you know, put on my earbuds and look on my phone and kind of rewind like on, you know, like you would on Netflix, right? Well, that it's interesting you mentioned that. Um, I know Zoom is working on technology that will do real time voice transcriptions in different languages, Excellent. and I would think that if you did walk into a meeting ten yeah. fifteen minutes late. So we'll go catch you up later, or we got to spend time catching mm-hmm. up with Bigwig who forgot to set his or her alarm this way. And I know Slack talked about this at its um, Frontiers conference a couple of months ago, mm-hmm. the ability to receive AI-based five-minute recaps. Yeah. Video. That would be great. Yeah. And the- of translation, um, it doesn't Hangouts now do uh, voice transcription on the fly? It, it does it, closed captioning. I think Hangouts does closed captioning now. So you can turn on closed captioning and have it um, display the, you know, what, what you're saying. Huh, I, I did not know. It's so hard to keep up yeah. with it. Um, in fact, I only learned, I want to say two weeks ago, that it's mm-hmm. no longer the G Suite. It's Google Workspace. That oh, is it now? Okay. Yeah, but it, I mean, if they're able to do closed captioning, um, you know, translating that is, is trivial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I actually was using a tool called wave.video to record some videos. It's somewhere in between iMovie, which is very primitive, and Final Cut Pro, which is really expensive and sophisticated. But yeah, it didn't take very long for them to generate pretty decent transcriptions. They weren't real time, mm-hmm. they would render them. And I know that Udemy does that as well if you record a course for them. Yeah. Speaking of Slack, um, last week, the big news uh, you follow enterprise tech as closely as I do. What are your thoughts about the acquisition? Um, yeah, I don't really have any, any thoughts on that. I don't really, I, I, I cover more strategy, not so much the, the acquisitions myself. Um, what, what do you, what do you think? Well, I was going to buy it, but I only went up to $27 billion. <laughs> now, look, it makes sense. And it's actually, I think a sad state of affairs that a company that's worth 14 or $15 billion isn't big enough to compete with Google or Facebook yeah. or Microsoft, but it makes sense from Salesforce perspective, because even though they make most of their money from CRM, you know, you think about Google Workspace and mm-hmm. Microsoft Office 365, even Zoom, as you know, people know for the right. video piece. But um, one of the, you know, when, when they rebranded it right recently, was it UCAAS, Unified Communication as a Service? But whether it's webinars or voice or the Zoom rooms, I'd argue that Zoom's is sweet as well. So I can see how vendors want to diversify and having a suite of tools. But I, um, you know, I, I'm very curious to see what they do with it. Cause they, well, they had, they had chatter, right. But that was more of a Facebook inside. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how they're going to integrate it into the, the, the Salesforce ecosystem. Um, that'll, that'll be interesting to see. Um, yeah. 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 Um, 
collaboration wise, what advice would you give yourself as a recent college grad knowing now what you didn't know then? <laughs> oh, if I were a recent college grad, wow. Go back in time yourself from now talking to yourself. I'll be kind 15 years ago. Yeah. Um, wow. I mean, a lot of these collaboration tools are, are capturing, you know, capturing all of the content that you create, the things that you're saying, the things that you're writing. Uh, I would say be very careful. Yeah. Uh, about that. You know, think uh, you have to think forward five years, 10 years, 20, even 20 years about anything that you're saying or, or writing today. Um, because it's, it's going to be there for the, for in, in perpetuity. So yeah, if you're nothing's going to come back and, and haunt you. Yeah. I've heard that something like 85% of recruiters now do some Google searches on you. And if you come up, you may not even get the interview, Never mind the job. Yeah. Yeah. I'll get you out of here on this. Yeah, Doug, you too. What, what book are you currently reading? What am I currently reading? Uh, oh, this one I just got here. Push up here. So I've been uh, collaborating with uh, Mr. Bill Schmarzo for, for a number of years, but I can't see whether I'm showing that right or not. But he just published a book called The Economics of Data. It's a great follow-on to, to my Infonomics book where he talks about uh, the theories and laws and um, how to enable digital transformation through the, uh, the monetization of data. So I'm looking forward to, to dig. I did an early review of it, but I'm looking forward to, to digging in. You know, I, I talked to Bill at one point. He wrote another book on big data, right? Mm-hmm. He what calls himself the dean, the dean of big data. The dean of big data. Okay. What was yeah. his other book? Uh, I don't recall what it was. Yeah. Okay. Because there was another one, the big book of big data, and this thing was 12 pounds. It was enormous. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I used to do bicep curls with it. Um, oh. I forgot that one, but um, yeah, just a massive undertaking, and a really good one. But anyway, yeah. Doug, thanks for taking the time. You stay safe. Thank you, Phil. Thanks for listening to Conversations About Collaboration. If you like what you heard, and how can you not, please download, like, or subscribe. Merci, gracias, obrigado to the producer of this podcast, podcastedition.com. You guys rock. Remember that these episodes drop every Tuesday. However... If you'd like early access to them, you're in luck. I've launched a Patreon page for this podcast at, wait for it, patreon.com forward slash Phil Simon. I've set up a number of different tiers, including early access and podcast sponsorships. Thanks for listening to Conversations About Collaboration. If you like what you heard, and how can you not, please download, like, and or subscribe. See you next time.